I'm Anne, co-host of Transparency in Teaching, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. and welcome to another episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning, wherever in the world you may be, whether you're having breakfast, lunch, dinner, or maybe it's already Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us here online. And we welcome everybody here in the comments. Join us on YouTube, on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. And we're always excited to take your comments and take your questions. And thank you, as always, for your support. And I'm really excited today. I mean, if you all have been following me this week, it has been an amazing week full of amazing guests, great conversations. It it has, you know, sometimes it's when those things, the stars line up, I guess, and everything is is great. I was able to get four amazing guests this week. And today is our fourth guest, Mr. Steve Martinez, who I am excited to have here on the show. And just a great story, just an overall amazing gentleman who has a passion for education, a passion for learning, a passion for innovation. So I'm just excited to get down to having a great conversation. And like you saw in the Twitter uh, post earlier, Steve's going to help you level up today with our conversation. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Also, he's already in the chat. He's here early in the morning. So Scott, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Steve, how are you, man? Like I've I've been looking forward this whole week to speaking with you and and just you know ending this great week with you with an amazing conversation and just to hear your story. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I you know I see not just this week but just in general like the amount of voices that you have that are extremely talented and powerful. So I'm just honored to be included and you know thank you for the invite and thanks for all the hard hard work you do like you are grinding these out um you are you're very active uh with the podcast as well as like your social media presence and just that that additional voice for support for educators and everyone in that education and ed tech space so we all appreciate the work that you do Fonz. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much for that. Really makes my day. And like I said, you know, Saturday morning through my jam, you know, and this whole week is great. And like I said, I'm just excited. And uh, so, Steve, just in case anybody is joining us uh, right now live, um, you know, for viewers that may not be familiar with your work yet and what it is that you do, please give us a little bit of brief introduction and what your context and education is. Yeah, so I'm a social science teacher from California. Um, I currently teach government economics at the senior level and then world history at the sophomore level. Um, I have my master's in uh, curriculum and instruction. Uh, When I did that, the focus was ed tech. Um, My thesis was on flipped classroom, which was huge in the sense of um, digging deeper into that blended learning into that flip model. And so as I flip my classroom, um, I'm really big into 
customizing and personalizing that instruction for students in the room. So collecting all that data, collecting those analytics and knowing exactly what they know or what they may not know before they even enter the room and then leveraging that space to meet the students where they're at, to build um, conferences with them, meeting one-to-one, supporting them uh, socially and emotionally. And then I also leverage that time to build a culture of project-based learning where students are exploring their own passions, their own interests, and getting them involved in the community by leveraging the content, by leveraging technology, but placing the problems they care about first. And so with all that in mind, that's that's roughly what I'm about in terms of what I do in the classroom. Um, I'm passionate about both the flip model and the PBL. And I, I'm a firm believer that I believe that both deserve to be right next to each other. Um, and, and I'm not the first one to say that. And I've, I've heard that, especially after COVID, like I think a lot of people recognize, like, wow, like this flip thing, we were kind of, you know, online a lot and really utilizing the PBL piece of it. Like, wow, like now that we have all this extra class space, this extra class time and not that stand and deliver, right. And the way things used to be. And so um, for me, it's all about like using that space, using that class time to provide authentic learning experiences for students. That's great. You know, and you've hit on so many things that we're definitely going to kind of go into because that seemed to be the common theme this week. And and I mean, this isn't anything that was planned. It just seemed that every guest that I've had this week and you yourself also have just reiterated the importance of PBL. And of course, you're introducing also the flipped model uh, or talking about the flipped model. And that seemed to have been the conversation this week. And so I just really I'm excited because I've had so many different perspectives and everybody, you know, up until now, you know, has been in agreement as far as, you know, the possibilities of PBL and also the flip model. And I myself, you know, have experienced that and I see the just the engagement. I see how students get excited, and especially with PBL, with hands on. And I think that you hit on something that I really love is allowing students to find something they're passionate about and really dig in deeper, leveraging the tech that we have, you know, to be used as an instrument to help them hone in their skills on what they're passionate about and bringing that to light and the community engagement. And I think that as educators or as school districts or as an education, uh, you know, the education landscape as a whole, I think we can do a better job at finding those relationships and, you know, and building that community, not within just our classroom, within the school, but even taking it to the level of the city or state and making those connections, you know, and I think that's so important because um, my guest uh, Coral on Thursday said, you know, a lot of students do not find that connection between A and B if we silo A and B. So for example, siloing classes, you know, math and science, technology, engineering, it's like, well, no, I'm just a reading teacher. I'm just a math teacher. But if we can actually within our classrooms build that cross-curricular relationship and making those connections and not just saying, hey, this is just science. No, this is just math. But say, hey, these go together because there's tech, there's science, there's math, and all of these components are interdisciplinary. 
I think that that's where that engagement and that excitement comes in. So thank you so much for uh, doing that with your students. And of course, like you said, everything was data-driven and you were able to personalize the learning and take it to that extra level. So that's really exciting. So thank you for that. So Steve, let's go ahead and kind of go into this because again, one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast and really what I'm passionate about too is this, this to me is my 45 minutes of personal PD for me, where I get to go to the expert and I get to ask these questions, but I know that everybody will benefit from this, but I'm always curious about the origin story. You know, like every superhero has an origin story where they first started from and, and so on. And, you know, they build up their skills and all of that. What is your origin story? It, was education something that you had always intended to go into? Or was it something that you kind of fell into? Yeah, so my story is different in the sense of, um, like, the first time I would consider myself doing any kind of teaching uh, would be from the age of 18. And the reason why I say that is because uh, when I graduated high school, um, I was really into band. I was really into music. So at the age of 18, I started kind of like a walk-on coach where I started uh, coaching um, high school marching bands, drum lines, percussion ensembles. So in high school, I played saxophone, but I was, I was also a snare drummer. And so by just helping out doing stuff, um, I realized that I, from, from an, from an educational standpoint, um, it's something that I felt that was good enough at and also something I really enjoyed. And so as I made my way through, um, I started designing, um, writing music for ensembles, um, writing visual packages. So like the movement and, you know, uh, a lot of the dance stuff that was involved. I did that for about, I want to say like 13 years. And while I was doing that, I kind of put college kind of off to the side. Um, I did make good enough money at it to where I was like, hey, I, can, I think I can do this for a little bit. Um, but in the process, though, um, what I did now that I look back uh, is I was learning how to, A, manage X amount of students, whether it was 50 or whether it was like 200, like on a football field. So by the time I got to the classroom, like that classroom management piece, I already had a good handle on that. Um, and the other thing too is, again, now looking back, I, the thing I enjoyed the most about it wasn't the, like, you know, the music component of it, which was, which I did like, um, it was competitive. Right. Uh, and so like that, I think in two, back 2010, I did take a group to finals, uh, a percussion ensemble to finals, like nationals, basically. Um, and they were a finalist there. So I did have some like, you know, pockets of success with it. But I think the big thing that I think I enjoyed the most was like the connections with students, the connections with parents. Um, and so at, there was another point too, where I was a percussion director for a, for a school uh, in, from, from Los Gatos uh, in California. And so I was able to build relationships with students. I handled some of their, like help them with their finances. Like, hey, we have to go to a trip, working with parents, working with boosters, working with administrators. And I had not even finished college yet. <laughs> and so I had like all this experience. And, and, and so by the time I, you know, got towards the end of that, I was like, look, I really need to get uh, what we would consider your life together. 
but I wouldn't trade my experiences for the world. And um, I get, I spoke with the former student of mine recently where she was talking about how like, hey, um, my, my, my family was like, hey, why is it taking you so long to get through college? Or why, why is it, you know, why aren't you doing like the traditional like four years, right? And, and to me, that's like, that's discouraging. And I got that from my own family too. Like, hey, why, why aren't you, why aren't you done already? What are you doing, right? And they didn't say it exactly like that, but that's how it felt to me. And again, going back to the personalization and customization, like when I graduated high school, I wasn't literate. Like I didn't, I, as, as much as I was really, not, I don't want to say really good, but I was good enough at the music thing. I was not reading at grade level. I, I struggled in math. And I, I, with those core classes, I didn't have the tools to jump into college and do it well, which is why I didn't do it initially. And I was scared of that. And so it, when I you know, got into the community college space, I started from like the lowest English, right? The lowest math. And I had to work really, really hard to get proficient at academics, but I, that didn't take place until after high school. And so that shaped a lot of how I teach and how I interact with students, especially our at risk, especially our students that feel like I can't do this or I'm not smart enough or I'm not good enough. Right. And so for me, once I entered the classroom with all those experiences in mind, I, I got my, got my BA in social science, did the credentialing thing, hopped into the classroom. And because of my background with music and the writing, I was good enough at the technology. I was like, oh, I, I get, I, I get what all this is trying to do. I managed X amount of students on a football field. I get the classroom management piece. So when people tell me like, I'm, I'm wrapping up my fourth year teaching, people are like, wow, you've accomplished quite a bit in four years. I'm like, well, to be fair, I had a lot of like, I would consider this my second career, right? It's just a different education space. And so when I, when I entered the classroom, uh, I spent about a year, year and a half teaching, got started on the MA right away. Uh, that helped me a lot, particularly with where I was headed with the flip classroom. Um, and when I started flipping, I kind of self-taught. I was like, hey, I'm just kind of curious about this. So I started flipping my, my economic plus. And it was crazy because like just with me not really knowing too much what I was doing, all of my scores went up like exponentially. And even the, like the kids are like, wow, this is like, this is crazy. Like I'm, I'm understanding this way more just by doing it in this way, right? Like doing the notes, collecting that data, doing a quick review. I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? Right. And, and, and doing that, that, that brief assessment and the score started, you know, spiking. And so <clears throat> from, from there, I got really into uh, project-based learning and Additionally, even into design thinking with my seniors, where students are problem solving using the design thinking process. Um, and, and, and so, you know, and now here we are, uh, uh, you know, four years into my teaching career, um, about to leave the classroom. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, but I've found that because of my background, I speak to a broader audience within my, for, for my students. Like, it's not just, Hey, the kids that are already motivated. Cool. I can connect with you. Right. And the students that are like, Hey, really struggling feel like I can't, I can connect with you too. 
the students that have that anxiety, like I did, like where like I felt when I graduated high school, I felt like I couldn't read, I couldn't speak at grade level. Um, I, I, you know, like I had to work really hard to get literate. And what I tell, I, I share the story with my students and I tell them like, hey, if I can do this, you can do this. Um, if I can make these steps professionally and personally, you certainly can too. And having those meaningful conversations with students has been huge in my classroom and with the families and students that I work with uh, for, the, for, for the last, I would say, 20 years. That's great. You know, and everything that you said is just so spot on. And I really appreciate you giving us your background and understanding where it is that you're coming from. And one of the main things that I want to say is that, yes, you are absolutely correct in making those connections. You know, you're not able to just connect with, you know, the, the, the high level kids, but you're, you know, the kids that are struggling to as well. And even the bubble kids and, you know, the bubble kids that are right there in the middle that oftentimes we may forget about, like uh, my friend Josh, who's actually here joining us, you know, he's a principal and he says, you know, oftentimes it's like, you know, the, the high kids, they're going to be okay. You know, they're self-motivated. Then you've got the kids that are struggling. You know, we can make those connections because we definitely want to lift them up. But then there's that middle kid, the bubble kids that oftentimes are overlooked. And but I love the way that you have those conversations and you're open about it. And oftentimes I think that it's just something that in our nature and what I've noticed, too, is that a lot of educators that come in from a from industry or from a different, um, I guess you could say different background and not going through the College of Education, and I'm not saying anything bad about that, but I'm just saying that we're coming in from industry, business, marketing, or yourself that coming in from that music background, we've seen things different, we've engaged in a different way, and we bring in those cell skills, that personalization, you know, being honest, being open and talking, and because these are the real world skills that we needed in order to be successful in what we were doing. Uh, prior to getting into the classroom. So it's something that's very important and that I wish more teachers would take a risk and say that it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable. It's okay to have those conversations because we struggled ourselves, but we shouldn't be now that we're in the classroom, be like, the you know, we are the know-it-all. We are that sage on the stage, but make those connections. And I love everything that you said, because if I was in your classroom, I could definitely see myself being successful in that, in, in that subject area of I'm struggling or even in anything else, because what you're teaching me, not only through the flipped classroom, but through PBL is you're teaching me skills that I can transfer into my other classes as well. And that right there, you're building up that capacity and the students are making those connections and you're creating a learning experience. And I've always said, and I learned this from Dr. Morris, you know, a learning experience is something that that student of yours is going to take with them forever. It becomes part of them rather than just the learning where I just memorize, you know, formulas, cities and states, nations, countries, and so on, where that later on, you know, it, it's hard to sometimes memorize and we don't even need to memorize things anymore because we've got phones on our fingertips but the experience steve that you created for those students that's something that is long lasting and it's going to go longer even after this year that you've had them and those students that you've had before 
and the students that you will have after. And now, as we're going to kind of talk into about your new role, the, the, the teachers that you will be helping, and that is something that's magical and wonderful in what you're doing. And it really excites me and it really touches me because, uh, you know, it, it, I love it. You know, that, that reminds me so much of myself being in the classroom and even right now trying to model that working with teachers as well, you know, it's, it's great. So thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, I did want to add too, that's great that your fellow woodwind, because I did play uh, saxophone also as well in high school. And I was like, yeah, I was trying to look for a picture here to share with you also as well. I was in a, I was in a Scotland too, playing saxophone. So yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. And so I'm very familiar with what the work that you were doing. So the, the management, like you said, you're managing 50 to 100 to 200 depending on how big the band is and you're managing their movement where they have to move in unison they all have to march at the same time at the same tempo and all of that and to me i was like that is a great transition into classroom so i mean it's great so thank you so much so now that you told us a little bit here about your background what it is that you're doing and, and really i hear the passion that you have for education and also the passion to give back because of some of the obstacles and some of those things that you had to overcome, but you've improvised, you've adapted, you've overcome those things. And now the doors have opened up, my friend, you are transitioning, you're still teaching, but you're just going to transition to a different type of teaching. So if you don't mind sharing with us just some of that great news, I don't know if it's I'm pretty sure you've posted it up. I don't know if it's, you know, people are already kind of familiar with what is happening, but we'd love to hear what it is that you're going to be up to now. Yeah. So, uh, cause you mentioned like, oh, you're still teaching. I actually wrapped up my last day, uh, Thursday. So Thursday was my last day. I went to graduation. Um, a lot of the students, a lot of my seniors, they, they, we've already announced that, um, that I, I am leaving the district and the school. Uh, so graduation, uh, a couple of them caught me and it was not going to lie. It was, it, there's a couple of tears, uh, for sure, uh, with, uh, with, with those seniors, with those students. Um, but, uh, the reason being is that I, I have accepted a full-time position at Cami. Um, and yeah, thank you. Uh, and Cami is, um, I've been collaborating with Cami for a few years now. Um, and, and I, I've always told myself, I was like, you know what? I have no intention of leaving the classroom. Uh, but the more I got into it, uh, particularly with ed tech, um, I, you know, I was like, there's, there's only two companies I would leave the classroom for. Uh, I won't say the other one, <laughs> uh, but I won't give that away. But uh, Cami was, Cami was one of them. And, and um, not just because of the tool. And I, and I think what, what Cami, what that looks like in the classroom is powerful in the sense of accessibility, uh, student choice, student voice, how we support students, and then how you can like, you know, from a from a design standpoint, like what what the possibilities are with Cami. Um, and so that's 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 one part of it. The, the other part of it is just their their general culture, um, like they truly care about people, about students, about teachers, and. Um, I don't know if anyone out there is going to disagree or, 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 or what have you, but like, I've not, I've not come across a company that listens to teachers the way that Cami does. Um, and even like really early on with my relationship with Cami, where I was just a teacher 
Um, and I was like, hey, I'm having this issue. Or, hey, what if Cami did this instead of this? And like, kind of like suggestions. Um, I And in fact, like the first time I had a real problem with Cami, um, someone called my phone. It was the CEO of Cami, or it was one of the CEOs of Cami, Henji. Uh, Henji. I got I got on the call with Henji. I was like, I was expecting some sort of like support person or, or what have you. But the fact that that person, uh, the CEO, is is jumping on a call with a teacher to help him with the problem, uh, um, I thought that was huge. And so, uh, as uh, while I can't talk, you know, too much about the role. Um, uh, it, it will be it will be supporting teachers and administrators, um, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of training. It's a lot of showing what the product is and what it can do, particularly through my lens, right? Like, what what does Cami look like in my classroom? Uh, what does it look like in the flip model? What does it look like for feedback and reflection within the project based learning experience, right? Um, and so while I am you know, I'm kind of like, man, I, I'm, I'm going to miss the classroom. I think the thing I'm going to miss the most uh, is going to be those connections with students and helping students. Uh, but the way I see it is like, well, I'm going to be helping students in a different way, right? Um, spreading my knowledge of Cami and my knowledge of, of everything I have, um, you know, helping people better understand what ed tech can look like and how to leverage technology beyond just replacing paper. Uh, so that, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Um, I do start uh, next month, uh, which, is, which is super exciting. Uh, um, I, I think it's gonna be a good time. I think it's, uh, I'll be working with good people that are encouraging that, that culture, that company culture of like supporting each other, lifting each other up. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. Like I'm, I'm super excited to step into this role. I'm excited for you. And I love what uh, what Scott here shares because we know Scott also transitioned from classroom and now he's doing a Canva and he's here in Texas. So it's great. I got to, you know, meet him in person and everything at TCA. But I love what he says here. It says still in education, just expanding your reach. So, yes, and that's different. And that's why I said, you know, you're going to continue teaching in a different capacity, bringing that knowledge to teachers and that experience. And you know what? I must say, I've been using Cami since 2016, 2017, and I've had the same experience that you've had where I ran into issues. And I had Henji call me, you know, back in the day. And, you know, one of the things was is that you're absolutely right. This is one of the companies that I love the most in getting teacher feedback. And more than anything, to me, it's a one-stop shop for tier one, tier two, and even tier three instruction where you can go in deep. And oftentimes it's, you know, you're barely scratching the surface on a lot of, um, you know, tools that we have because you just want that immediacy and so on. But if you dive in deep to what Cami offers in, in the suite of tools that they have and I use Cami, my own personal subscription for <laughs> right now, currently for my doctoral studies because of all the reading that I have to do. So I'm reading my articles, I'm highlighting, I'm putting in voice notes, I'm putting in video notes and little clips and doing screencasts because then when I come back to that particular article, I already know where it is that I'm going to find what I need to do my research. 
So Kami goes beyond just K-12. This is a tool that can definitely be used at any grade level and even in any business. And so this has been one of my favorite go-to tools from 2016 all the way even now. And then during pandemic, it was so helpful. So I really am excited for you, Steve, because I honestly, everything that you said, I will not disagree with you. And there are many other people that will not disagree with you that this company is a great company that really takes teacher feedback seriously. And the culture there is just great. They're so nice, so, um, you know, as far as attentive to our needs and very quickly, you know, they're able to help and troubleshoot and do those things. So I'm really excited for your transition, my friend. It, it is going to be Excited to see you. Hopefully, you know, you'll be doing the the conferences, seeing you there, you know, and hopefully meet in real life and so on. But I'm really excited that you will have a great impact taking your experience in the classroom, what you did so well there. Now, I mean, and it's great. And it works out with the last post that I did on Twitter where I said, you're going to level up with Steven. Really, you're, you're helping us all level up because of the experience that you had, you know, as teachers, you know, for those of us that are always willing to learn and always out there looking for that next little tip and that little knowledge nugget, I'm really excited that you're going to bring that and you're going to bring it, you know, with a passion. And uh, that's exciting, Steve. So tell me your, your just, uh, you know, what your first reaction was, you know, when you heard the news, because I'm just always excited to to just hear that too as well. What, what, what went through your mind when you got that phone call or that message or whatever it was? Um, it was crazy because it was, it was, you know, it was talking back and forth, you know, like, you know how that, how that goes. Um, but once I knew that like, okay, um, this is happening, uh, you, I, I had to pinch myself. I was like, there's, there's no way, there's no way that Cammy would give me that kind of shot. Right. And, and it, because what, what Cammy does is they, they, they kind of, I don't want to say they build you to it, but like they scaffold how they train teachers to be able to get the knowledge that I have. So they have courses, right? So the first time I got started with Cammy, like I just did the courses. And then uh, I got uh, accepted into their ambassador program, which is the Cami Hero program. Um, and then I spoke at a few, uh, spoke at two Cami, uh, Cami Connects. That's that, like their virtual mm -hmm. conference. So it wasn't like, you know, sending my resume to this company, like, let's see how it goes. Like that relationship was already established. And that to me is powerful that they're willing to build that rapport with teachers regardless if they, if they think that they're going to hire them or not. Right. That's just part of the, that's just, that's just who they are. They're so the best way I can put it is they're so human. Like they care about what they're doing beyond just the tool. It goes into the, how, how we're teaching and how we're feeling. And so when I got that call, as you put it, I was just like, there's no way that, that I'm going to be a part of, of this cool thing that they're building. And, and because Cami's one, like it's always evolving. And I feel like there's so much growth still that they have. And I think they know that. And I think that they're willing to give that shot with me to allow me to be a part of that growth with. Uh, so again, I had to pinch myself. That's the, I was on Scott's podcast uh, 
a week or two ago. And I kind of said the same thing there. I was like, man, I don't believe I get to be working with people at this level. And I don't, I just can't believe that I'm, I'm, I'm given, can be given the shot to, to reach other educators, administrators, directors, right. Um, going to conferences, right. Like I'm like, I'm going to be at ISTE next month. Um, and, and so I'm just like, just again, I, I, it's still surreal. I don't think it's set in yet that I'm a out of the classroom, but then B going to be working for a company like Cami. You know, and that's so exciting and so refreshing, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of companies are out there, they've got some great tools and the ones that you do see that are successful, that are really, you know, tug at teachers' hearts and they just get teachers excited. Those are the ones that, the way that you describe that, that human approach, they make those connections and they treat educators equally like i mean they 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 talk to them they're approachable they're you know just there for them and i think that that not only is something that is important for a company to do just as we as teachers we always want to reach out to our students we want to make sure that we have that connection we build that community but like you said i i'm excited for you my friend you know it's that transition and and that's the 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 purpose of the show is just kind of you know, how to leverage tech for that professional growth, that personal growth. And you've shared your amazing story, you know, from your, the, your origin story to your classroom story and now how through technology and most, most importantly, I mean, it's, it wasn't because just the tech, but because of your skills as a teacher, the way that you set up your classroom, the community, the relationships, because like my friend Josh always says, it's like the students have to buy into you first before they buy into anything that you're doing. So it wasn't just because of the PBL. It wasn't just because of the flip classroom, my friend. But in honestly, in talking to you right now, it really seems it's because of your heart and because of the way that you invest yourself into what you're doing and always looking to grow and learn that passion that you have for yourself personally. And then now that goes into what you're bringing into the PBL, you're bringing into the flip classroom, you're bringing in through the use of Cami. That's what makes a difference. And that's why you were able to impact so many students in such a positive way and helping those students come up. And now the companies, you know, ed tech company and, and like Cami, the, they are, you know, really, human-centered in that sense. I, I just want to say that they do care about that. And, and it just seems like a great fit, a great match. And I am really excited for you. And in your next chapter, my friend, this is awesome. And I want to thank you too for coming on the show and, and sharing this because to me, it's big news. And what I love to do is I, I just want to give that platform to some amazing educators to be able to share the goodness to share the best practices and that way we could all celebrate each other, you know, and, and we're here in celebration of you today, my friend. So that's, I've been looking forward to this show, uh, this whole week because today is a celebration for you and I'm excited for you, my friend. No, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, again, like, you know, just the, the only other thing I would say is like, uh, going back to your comment about buy-in, like I felt I've been pretty successful at getting student buy-in, um, 
but I think like that buy-in needs to be like the entire ecosystem of education and ed tech, right? Like, like, like you said, helping each other, promoting each other, lifting each other up and that buy-in of like, Hey, you do this cool thing. Let me try that out. See if that works. Right. And, and, uh, Scott, Scott and I worked in that, in that way. Um, and so, you know, buying, buying into what we're saying, who we are and the messages that we have in this, in this really cool space. Excellent, man. Thank you so much, my friend. So as we wrap up, I always love to ask these last three questions to my guests. And so here we go. Like Josh has already put it on here. Uh, kryptonite time because he knows this is what he loves. The last part of the show, you know, when he hears everybody's edgy kryptonite. So here we go. So Steve, in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Hmm. I think that when we have students that are really struggling and I'm doing like all the things that I think are right, uh, but it's, there's something else there that I can't get to, uh, whether that's mental health, whether that's especially after COVID or remote learning, like that, that trauma, um, I'm not in their homes with them, right? Like I can't be, I'm a father, but I can't be a father to all these kids, right? And so when I see, when I saw my kids struggle on the other side of a computer screen, or even this year, when I saw them struggling, like they're going through something heavy. And my students, like the trauma, the trauma did not end like when we all returned, right? In person, if anything, it continue, it's gonna continue on. And so some of my students, they went, they went through some serious stuff this year, trying to transition back, um, maybe households that are not ideal so for me, my, my kryptonite where I struggle, where it's really heavy on me is like, especially when like, I see a kid that reminds me of the stuff that I went through, right? Like that, that hurts me. And, and, and these, some of these kids are going through or went through and are continuing to go through some serious trauma, some serious stuff, uh, with their parents, uh, with trying to figure out who they are, uh, and, and sometimes violence, right? And so for me, that is what weighs on me. Um, but in the same time, like some of my students went through some serious stuff and Thursday night, I got to see them walk the stage and graduate high school, you know? So it's, it's like a give and take. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I would say that's my, that's, that's mine. The night is like, you know, like yeah. I can't, I, I can't reach them in that way because I'm not that figure to them. There's only, you know, I'm not in the homes with them. I can't feed them all the time. Right. Uh, and so to me, that's, that's, that's what it is. Thank you so much, Steve, for that honest answer. Just, you know, and, and again, it, we can see your heart and, and I really appreciate that, man. And, and it really comes through, you know, because as, I don't know, as teachers, it's, I think it's just kind of built into us too. Like we want to make sure that our, for our kids well being too as well. And, um, you know, so thank you so much for sharing that. Next question for you, Steve, is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Hmm. Um, probably something along the lines of, you know, like we, we talk about self-care, we talk about mental health, right? Um, I think at least in our space, 
like at my own school site in my district, like there needs to be some sort of message that, you know, teachers need self-care too. And teachers fall and are struggling just as much as everyone else. Uh, I think sometimes the population forgets that. Um, and like parents, students, um, at times administrators, right? Council, like, like we're, we're all in this together and we're, we're, we're the ones entering the grades and we're the ones in the classroom. Um, but sometimes it, it is, it is a job where, you know, we don't get a lot of things or even a lot of like, Hey, you need to just take care of yourself. Um, cause it has felt like there's been more and more placed on our shoulders, especially at this year. Right. Um, so something along those lines of like, Hey, we need that break too. We need that scaffolding too. We need like the supports we give to students. How do teachers get those supports as well? Ooh, that's good. I like that. You know, recently I posted something, you know, saying, you know, administrators, I said, right now you're probably found that one teacher who's always anxious and eager and always goes above and beyond. And the first thing that they're going to want to do is put something else on their plate because it's like, oh, like they can handle it. But this is a time where you need to take care of them and think about what you can take off their plate instead of what to add onto their plate. So yeah, I agree with you. We definitely need those supports as well that if we're able to give that to students, you know, how can we as educators get those supports as well? So thank you so much. And the last question, Steve, because you never know, you know, after today and, you know, after, you know, you're, you know, transitioning and so on, maybe one day you're going to start a podcast. If you haven't thought about it yet, I completely suggest, hey, just click record, my man. You've got a lot, a lot of great things to share. But it, let's say that today was your show. This is the Steve Martinez show, the podcast, and I am your guest on your show. What would be one question you'd like to ask me as your guest? Hmm. So I, I think that because my understanding is that you're not currently in the classroom, correct? Correct. Yeah. So for the first thing that comes to mind, just because I'm about to exit, uh, what is what is the what is the thing that you miss the most about the classroom? Yeah, great question. Thing that I miss. Yeah, the thing that I miss the most about the classroom is exactly everything that you described. When I first came into teaching, never wanted to do it. I fell into teaching and I absolutely loved it. It's the personalization, getting to meet your students and build that relationship. And not only that, but going, you know, even above and beyond to building the relationship with the parents as well and building community with them. Oftentimes, you know, it's, it's the phone calls, believe it or not, those phone calls home do work where instead of, you know, a lot of parents may expect a, something bad, but when you say, Hey, I just want to let you know that they did awesome today. They did great. And believe me, that power, that, that, that little instance can also change the dynamic in the home, you know, because sometimes as teachers, we often have a perception of students, or at least that perception is built where let's say the next, the previous year teacher says, oh, you're going to have that kid. It's like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, what do you mean by that? You know, that kid, I mean, th this is, there's absolutely nothing wrong if you tap into the way that they learn. And if you tap into the way that they are engaged, I have no issues with that. But also even at home, sometimes because of the power of words and sometimes teachers calling home and your kid did this, your kid did that, your kid did this and your kid did that. 
now the parents think, oh my goodness, what, what is, you know, is there something wrong with my student, with my kid? Is it what's going on? But those phone calls hold and, and, and praising, I've seen where it has changed not only the student in my classroom, but it also changes the ambiance and just the environment at home as well. So very much like you, Steve, it's just pouring my heart out into my students, the, the kids reaching them and going above and beyond and helping also, even if I can, the parent, you know, environment at home just by shouting praises about their, their, their student, their child and uh, making those connections. So those are the things that I miss, those relationships. Uh, now that I'm transitioning and I'm working with teachers, I try and do the same thing with them too as well. You know, I, I've had that experience. I know what it's like being in the classroom. I know what their struggles are. So I kind of relate to them with those struggles. And we build that community, build that communication, that confidence, that psychological safety. And then you introduce and say, hey, here's how I can help you with this. Here is one piece. Here's one tool. Here's one practice. And my goal, I always tell them, my goal for you is if I can get you five to 10 extra minutes in your day to just go to the bathroom or just simply sit in your chair and your desk and just breathe, then this has been a successful training because I don't want to make them feel that I'm adding more to their plate. I want to see if I can take away from their plate and give them more time to breathe. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, anyway, going back, that's definitely what I miss in the classroom, those relationships with the kiddos and, you know, the, the, the little notes and the, the excitement that they have when we're doing a lesson. And so, yeah, the, that's really what marked my career. And I was just like, ah, oh, it's so wonderful. So hearing you describe what you were doing with your kids, I was like, man, that is so great. Like, I, I remember that. <laughs> it is so, a, it, yeah, it is a beautiful thing. Like the, the, those connections that that I would say that's like the most important part of the job, but it's also the most rewarding. Yeah, it sure is, man. Well, Steve, man, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your, you know, your day to be here. I know it's early in California. Thank you so much for yeah. joining me here in Texas, you know, and of course, thank you for joining us here with our live audience. We've got Josh, we've got Scott. Thank you, Mel. I had Dr. Watkins. Uh, who is actually one of my professors that joined us on LinkedIn as well. So thank you so much for those of you that joined. Thank you so much for all the comments and for all our, um, you know, pretty much all our followers, guys. Thank you so much for making my EdTech life what it is today. As you know, our mission, our passion, and our vision is to connect educators and creators one show at a time by giving them a space where they can go ahead and share and help us all learn from their experiences and we you know move the needle forward and changing the education landscape and and how we can go ahead and better our education environment for not only us as teachers but educators so thank you so much for all of your support please make sure you visit our website at myedtech.life myedtech.life where you can go ahead and check out all our previous guests you can either watch or view our episodes and make sure that you also drop us a line Give us a review, send us a message, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you as far as what we can improve or maybe if there are any guest suggestions, please feel free to shoot them my way. We'll be more than happy to see what we can do in making those connections and making those shows happen. So thank you so much as always for your support. Steve, uh, 
Is there, can you please go ahead and share with our audience members, maybe the easiest way for them to connect with you via social media? What would be the best account or accounts? Yeah, I think Twitter's the best spot. Um, my Twitter handle is Martinez underscore EdTech. Um, go to follow me. I, I, I try to post or I try to tweet as, as much as possible. And um, I've connected with a lot of teachers in that way. Uh, and that's been um, that's been great for me. It's also been great for my students. Um, and it'll be great moving forward as I enter into the Cami world. Awesome. And big shout out to Cami. Cami, thank you so much for everything you do. And thank you so much. Also, I'm so glad that Steve is going to be part of the Cami family. And just keep doing what you're doing because you guys are great. So big shout out to you guys. And as always, my friends, until next time, don't forget, stay techie.